Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. Today, we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms. And we will be starting 2 Peter this week. Now, this particular psalm is, kind of starts with praising God. And then it goes into a lengthy thing about how God's people are always just bent towards sin. How they just always go the wrong direction. And it ends with reminding us that God is merciful. And that, uh, you know, he's our salvation. And then when we get to Second Peter, this chapter 2, we're going to read chapter 1 and chapter 2. Chapter 2 is just filled with so many things that you could really do a whole series of podcasts, several episodes, just dealing with everything that's in Second Peter. And so, obviously, we're going to do the very, 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 very short version, and I'll talk more about it as we get to it, but it's definitely something to open your ears to and to open your hearts to and to pay attention to, especially if you're new, uh, if you're a new Christian, you're new to eschatology, if you're it's very, very important to pay attention. But let's start by reading our psalm for the week and get some wisdom and encouragement from there. And then we'll move on to our study in Second Peter. Let's begin. King James Version. Psalm 106. Praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercies endureth forever. Who can utter mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I might rejoice in the gladness of thy nation that I might glory with thine inheritance. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not the wonders in, in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up, so he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then believed, then believed they his words, and they sang his praise. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. They envied Moses also in the camp, and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up the thon and covered the company of Ibaram. 
and a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Hereb and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. They forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore he said that he would destroy them, had not Moses his chosen stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Yea, they despised the pleasant land, they believed not his word, but murmured in their tents and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore he lifted up a hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness to overthrow their seed also among the nation and scatter them in the lands. They joined themselves also into Baal Peor and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions and the plague break in upon them. Then stood up Phinehas and executed judgment and so the plague was stayed. And that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. They angered him also at the water of strife, so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes, because they provoked his spirit, so that he spake unadvisedly with his lips. They did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. They served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and daughters unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus they were defiled with their own works, and went a-whoring with their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance." And he gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they hated them, ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel, and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry, and he remembered them. His covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. He made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captives. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and the triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise ye the Lord. And that is Psalm 106. I like that ending there. And something maybe we should all be praying right now, right? Save us, O Lord, our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The psalmist went through all the things of how Israel just kept falling short and falling short and falling short. 
going astray, going astray, even to the point of sacrificing their own children. Sounds familiar. But then it's, it had this beautiful word in verse 44. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction and heard their cry, and he remembered them for his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. May it be so with us. Let's dig into Second Peter. The very first chapter here in Second Peter is short. Uh, what do we got? 21 verses. And it really just deals with the Christian virtues. And then we go into some very, very interesting things. A warning against apostasy and apostate teachers. And much, much more. I think it's a word for our generation today. Let's start with chapter 1 here. It won't take long. He's getting ready to tell us some Christian virtues here that should be obvious in the true believer. Let's begin. Verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them who have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. By the way, he says, all things that pertain to life and godliness. How do you obtain that? Through the knowledge of him who hath called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, here's the virtues. Think about these words. Does this describe you? And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Let's look at those virtues one more time. Virtue to knowledge. Knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience. And patience, godliness. And godliness to brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. But... He that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. You see, if you're not walking in these virtues, then that means you're walking like you just like just like you were before. Which means you're blind. You have no sense. You don't understand God. You cannot see afar off. Verse ten. Wherefore the rather Brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, 
So how do we know? How are we sure about our election and our calling? For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in the tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. And when there came such a voice to him from excellent glory, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice, which came from heaven, we heard, and we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, wherein to ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. You know, one of the most dangerous things is if you think that you've come up with some new revelation that God has refused to reveal to His saints for 2,000 years. Be careful with that. Or if you're listening to a prophet who's prophesying things that are not consistent with the Word... And they seem to be the only one with this message. God, God gave it to them and to them alone. Nonsense. What does Peter say? Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time, but will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Alright. Now we are moving into chapter 2. Warnings concerning apostate teachers, okay? Which just is a continuation of the warnings he was just giving about be careful about these prophecies. Prophecy is not of any private interpretation. Here we go. There's a lot to digest here in 22 verses. I'm not going to be able to uh, commentate on all of it, but open up your hearts and I'll try to point out the things that are very, very important. But, let me read verse 22. Because if you remember, when, when these letters were written, they weren't broken up into chapters, right? So verse 1 of chapter 2 is just a continuation of verse 21 in chapter 1. So let's start with verse 21 again. For prophecy came not in old time, but by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. But... There were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. 
and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Do you think there's any churches today? TV evangelists? That are making merchandise of you? Let's continue on. Verse 4. Listen to this. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Hold up. Which, what angels are we talking about here? I mean, Peter's getting ready to tell us, but I want you to think about that. And if you've went through my Enoch series, there's a playlist on the YouTube channel titled Enoch, and there's probably 30 videos up there at this point, because in the seven years that I've been doing this, it's one of the topics that I've talked about the most was the giants, uh, what happened during the time of the flood, and the fallen angels of Genesis chapter 6. Peter is confirming that that is the case. He's saying, If God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down into hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment... That's not where the sentence is. He goes to give us the context of what he's talking about. So what angels would he be talking about? Reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So he didn't spare the angels to sin which I believe he's talking about Genesis chapter 6, where it says that the sons of God, the B'nai Elohim, which is always talking about beings, as we call them in English, angels, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. God saying, listen, or I'm sorry, Peter saying, listen. If God didn't spare the angels that have sinned, and he destroyed the whole world with a flood, and only saved Noah, and he rained fire and brimstone down on Sodom and Gomorrah to be an example, making them an example unto those that should live ungodly. If Sodom and Gomorrah is an example of what happens when you live in that perverse state of wickedness, and you embrace every filth on the planet, and you're cruel, then the whole world right now, including the United States of America, should tremble with fear because if God's word be true, then severe and harsh judgment, like what happened with the flood, like what happened with Sodom and Gomorrah, is coming upon us. And it's coming to a city near you. Let God's word be true and let every man be a liar. 
Here's the good news. Let me just start back here. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and deliver just Lot. Peter's making the observation that in both of these scenarios, both the flood and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, there was very few who were preserved. There were very few who who were considered righteous in God's eyes and were saved. Yet Noah and his family, eight people, even, he even goes as far as to say, hey, it was only eight. Spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person. Turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, who was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Here's the good news, verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. He's saying, even though all this judgment was poured out, God knows how to preserve the righteous. He knows how to, he knows how to deliver the godly in those circumstances. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanliness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beast, made to be taken and destroyed, speak of evil things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they count it pleasures to riot in the daytime. Spots are, and blemishes, sporting themselves in their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, falling the way of Balaam, the son of Bozer, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with a man's voice forbade the man of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. He's talking about these false teachers, false prophets. Their eyes are full of adultery. They cannot cease from sin. They're they're beguiling. They have forsaken the right way, and they have gone as the way of Balaam. You know, the prophet that sold out Israel. And even his donkey 
had to rebuke him. He was such a fool that his, that his donkey had to rebuke him. Verse 19. While they promised him liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome of the same, he is brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein, listen to this, and overcome the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better if, for them if they had not known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Ooh, listen very closely to this. Let's look at it again, but much slower. But I'll break it down for you real quick first. You've probably known of or heard of someone who was an alcoholic or a drug addict and they, they clean themselves up. And then one day they, they're at a party or they're in some way they compromise themselves. And before you know it, they're worse off and they're even deeper into the drunkenness or the drugs than they were before they got themselves cleaned up. And now they're even worse off than they were to start with. Let's read what Peter says again. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So he's saying, if, they, if you escape the sin of the world, right, and you, like, you separate yourselves from them because you, you've come to the knowledge and understanding of your Savior, Lord Jesus, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. He's saying, if you come to the knowledge of Jesus and then return to the world, that's like really, really bad, right? He says, for it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. He's saying you would have been better off to not know the truth than to know the truth, come to that knowledge, and then go back to your filth. And then he quotes a proverb to end the teaching. Verse 22. But as it happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed in her wallowing in the mire. He's saying it's like a dog returning to its vomit. What does the proverb actually say? Like a dog returning to its vomit, a fool returns to its folly? like you you got away from all that you embraced the truth of righteousness and then you went back to the filth you're worse off than you were had you not known at all listen if you've come to the knowledge of the truth and you're finding yourself falling back into old habits into old sins get on your face before the Lord right now we are living in strange times and you do not know what today will bring get back to the Lord 
Remember the prodigal son. He's doing... He's squandered everything. He's rolling around in the filth. And he says, I would have been better off as a servant in my father's house. Even if I can't be a direct descendant, I'd be better off just being a servant. And he makes his way back and the father sees him a long ways off and runs to him and embraces him and puts a ring on his finger and puts a robe on him and throws a big party. My son was lost, but now he's found. Don't let Jesus come back today and you're still in your sin. You're rolling around in the mud. He's coming back for a spotless bride without spot or blemish. The scriptures say that if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Get on your face today. Say, Lord, forgive me. I've fallen back into my old ways. Get on your face and repent. He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He's waiting for you to come back. He'll see you a long ways away, but see that you're making your way back and then he's going to run towards you. That's the love of our Heavenly Father. I pray you've been blessed by this message this morning. Lord willing, I'll be back with you on Wednesday for hopefully our study in the book of uh, Samuel. And uh, we'll just have to see. Every day is whatever the, whatever the Lord wills. I'm not going to say what I'm going to do tomorrow because tomorrow is promised to no one. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.